Hi everyone, Tiffany here with a super quick note that this podcast was recorded as part of a previous bundle season. That means that the dates that you're about to hear for the bundle, well, they're no longer correct. If you're interested in seeing what the dates are for this year's sale, please visit thebellydancebundle.com. There you'll find all the up-to-date information on our upcoming bundle. While the dates may be wrong and the class mentioned here isn't available through us any longer, many of our guests still have their courses available for purchase individually, so please do feel free to click through to their offerings and take a look. You're going to want to check it out after hearing how brilliant they are. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. It's Yaller Rocks episode 21 and today we're talking about self-confidence. Do you ever find yourself on a negative hamster wheel of self-talk? Why aren't I better at this? Is my dancing good enough? Ugh, I'm so lazy, I must just not care about this. Sound familiar? We all go through this, and we all have to find our own way to deal with it. Self-doubt is a killer of dreams, and, well, we're not standing for it anymore. Terry is here with me today to talk about self-doubt and self-confidence, and to share some ideas on how you can train your brain to be less doubtful and more confident. How all of us can become badass belly dancers. Her course in the bundle is going to be an amazing talk on this very subject, bringing to light how everyone deals with this. New dancers to advanced, hobbyists to professional. Hell, on this podcast we both end up doing it to ourselves. It's so ingrained in us that even when you know it's a thing, you sometimes catch yourself doing it anyway. You're definitely going to want to give this a listen, but before we get to the podcast, everyone, today is the day that you no longer have to hear me say October 16th 12 million times because it is October 16th. And that means that it's time. The Belly Dance Bundle is live, and if you've been devouring these episodes, you're definitely going to want to check out the bundle. All of our topics have been directly related to the courses that our contributors are putting into the bundle this year. And while these interviews give you a taste of the amazing content that's in the bundle, the bundle itself is like a smorgasbord. With each contributor deep diving on their particular topic, you have enough to keep you entertained for hours and hours and hours. But it's only available for this one week. So if you're interested, be sure to head over to thebellydancebundle.com and grab your copy. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Yala Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. I'm your host, Tiffany, and today we have the organizer of ATS Reunion and Homecoming, the author of I Belly Dance Because, and of course, one of the owners of the Belly Dance Business Academy, Terry Allred. Terry, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. So before we jump in, for people who maybe aren't as familiar with your work, can you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us how you got started in belly dance? Yeah, sure. So I am currently mostly an American tribal style dancer, although I've started um, dabbling in fly fusion, which is a really fun new creation that my friend Violet Kind um, originated. And I just recently taken her first intensive. It's super fun. 
Um, I started belly dancing uh, about 17 years ago. I had a traumatic brain injury, and the injury left me unable to drive or take care of my kids. And so I had a lot of balance and a lot of dizziness problems. And my physical therapist said, you should take a dance class. And I had grown up dancing, doing ballet and jazz and um, modern. And so there was a dance class, a belly dance class, just not even a mile from my house. And so I thought, well, that would be a great way to uh, meet people and um, help lift some of the depression that was setting in from not being able to do anything. And so it was really love at first movement. I was really fortunate. The woman who was my teacher was also a nurse. So I explained to her my condition and said, you know, I'm not going to be able to dance more than five or 10 minutes. And then I'm going to have to sit in the corner with my head between my legs. And is that okay? And she said, yep, just let me know if you need me. And other than that, we'll leave you alone. And so she really normalized me and she didn't stigmatize me or make me feel bad about where I was. And, you know, five minutes of dancing turned into 20 minutes of dancing, which turned into being able to make it through the whole class eventually. And I actually healed and got my life back through belly dance. Wow. So it was an amazing gift. And then um, as soon as I started feeling better, I really wanted to share the healing and hope that I had received in my class with others. And so I started teaching and doing parties and um, formed a, a youth troupe called Happy Hips that uh, was in North Carolina. It is not um, operational any longer, but um, I really just fell in love with the dance and fell in love with the possibilities. And so uh, fast forward, I um, now uh, produce an international dance conference, ATS Reunion, and I co-own the Belly Dance Business Academy. And the Belly Dance Business Academy is really a way for students and teachers and professional dancers to learn about not just the business of dance, but lots of um, the issues related to being a dancer. So maybe how to get good sleep when you're at a dance intensive is one of the classes. And um, maybe you're a teacher wanting to know some creative ways to market yourself on a budget, or maybe you're a student looking to try to figure out whether you're ready to start teaching. So we really um, have classes identified for all different populations of people involved in dance. And I think almost 50 of our classes are free and it's free to become a student. So I'm really helping, um, continuing to live out my passion um, to help people in dance, not just physically and in technique when I, and I still do that and I still teach, but I really want people to be successful and have the tools they need and the support they need to be successful uh, both as a student, as a teacher, and as a professional. Well, and sometimes it can be so hard to find those things where you are. Because if you're in a smaller a smaller dance area, there's not a lot of people that you can reach out to to help train you with those things. Like if you're a, a student trying to become a teacher, trying to go out and find mentors that can help you figure out if you're ready to teach, right? It's nice to have an extra resource for that out there to, yeah. to reference. And I'm not sure whether people realize this. I should do a better job of publicizing it. But let's say you take one of my classes. Um, if you make a comment, I'm emailed that you've made a comment. 
and then I go in and I talk to you. So you're not just getting the information, you're literally getting access to the teachers in real yeah. time. I mean, I can't guarantee the minute you email me or the right. minute you well, anybody time, anytime. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, there you, you have access to all these amazing resources that are just literally in your computer. <laughs> if I email you at three in the morning, Terry, I'm going to expect you to answer me. <laughs> So mm. your course in the 2019 bundle, and that you're actually doing this live um, after the bundle is over for the buyers, which I think is amazing, um, is becoming a badass belly dancer, overcoming self-doubt, and finding self-confidence. And first off, that's a hell of a title. Second of all, having heard your origin story here in the belly dance world, which I wasn't completely aware of before we started this podcast, like you've struggled with self-doubt in a dance class 100%. Yeah. Um, I, when I came to belly dance, I was struggling with doubt about whether I was going to make it, whether I was going to live. And I'm not trying to be dramatic. I really was. Um, and so just literally walking into that first dance class, I almost vomited in the hallway. I was so nervous. And um, so my entire dance journey has really been about overcoming self-doubt and acting anyway. And um, when I learned um, that many of the dancers um, in our community are facing similar struggles, I just thought, you know, it, why not be open about this? Because we all experience it. And so let's learn from each other. And there's some really great tried and true methods that can help you overcome self-doubt and build more self-confidence. So you don't have to struggle alone and you certainly don't have to feel ashamed um, no. for feeling down on yourself. Um, yeah. So I just want to bring it out to the light. And the uh, live class that we're going to be doing, I'll be talking some about um, some of the theory and science behind self-doubt and self-confidence and we'll also go into a little bit about self-compassion because um, one of the keys to overcoming self-doubt is self-compassion and I'm so excited that um, for the um, live class we'll also have a, a group of dancers joining me so um, some of y'all probably know Cami Little. Cami is going to be live in our class Debbie Mamek from Australia will be live with us. And then we'll also have Rebecca Mayer, who is affectionately known in the ATS community as Becca Baum. And we'll have Elizabeth Fish, who is affectionately known in the ATS community as Super Beth. Now, we don't all have nicknames in the ATS community. <laughs> but you just happen to gather them all for this particular panel. They're kind of badass women. And right? <laughs> so you, I mean, you just listed off people who are coming to the class to help you, you know, talk about these things. And it really does. It plagues, it plagues everybody. It plagues me. It, I'm sure it still plagues you from time to time. How as a whole, I think dancers, we're just too hard on ourselves. Can you speak to why you think that might be? Why is it such an endemic thing? for, I, I would say, dancers, but also women in dance. Right, yeah. Especially. And I would even take it a little bit further and extend it to creatives. Um, and I think that it all boils down to two things. Uh, well, I mean, it's a way more complex issue than just two things, but we right. don't have forever on the well, podcast. 
yeah. pull it's pull a Sahara Sahara can and be like it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think one of the things is as creatives, we are bearing our souls. We're not just sharing, you know, a spreadsheet. We are sharing the essence of who we are when we dance and when we create. And so the level of vulnerability involved is really significant. And I think that um, the roadblock of self-doubt is a really universal one for artists and for dancers. And then you add on top of it, the socialization of women to demure and to not take up space and to not express themselves, particularly in our Western culture, but you know, really in many cultures. And so when you add those two things together, you get the recipe for people, not just to experience self-doubt, but sometimes for that self-doubt to become paralyzing and prevent them from achieving what they want to achieve in their lives or what they want to achieve in their dance experiences. And that's really what I want to to do is normalize self-doubt and normalize self-compassion so that that way people realize that um, it's okay to have that. It's okay to feel vulnerable. And when we um, directly address it, we can really overcome it. And some of that is through self-talk. Some of that is through reframing the way you think about things. And some of it's just having a group of badass women around you to pick you up when you need help picking yourself up. Right. And that's such a great part of the belly dance community is that it's full of badass women who will be there for you if you really need it. Yeah. I love that part of it. So what is it, right? The opposite of self-confidence or the opposite of self-doubt, self-confidence. And what is it about self-confidence that can really improve your dance? Yeah. Well, I think we can all put ourselves in the position of watching a dancer, particularly a dancer on stage, who is uncomfortable with themselves. And when you feel uncomfortable about yourself, then you tend to broadcast that in both um, uh, external and internal ways. So maybe you hold your posture differently. Maybe you're tentative about moving to the music at a particular musical transition. Maybe um, you look fine, but your energy is, uh, is still going to the audience in a way of discomfort. And so for performers, I think that self-confidence and the ability to overcome uh, the self-doubt is essential to being able to make your audience feel comfortable and being able to engage with them. Um, for teachers, it's, it's okay, absolutely great to show some vulnerability and, um, and it's okay to not know the answer to all of the questions. Um, but at the same time, we want to have a level of confidence so that our students do want to come back. They don't want to be worried about us. They want to come to have fun. And if they're worried about us because of our lack of confidence or um, because of our self-doubt, then they're probably not going to enjoy themselves as much as if we just put our fears aside and go forward. And sometimes that doesn't mean letting go of all the self-doubts. A lot of times what that means is just charging forward 
even if you still have them. My husband's a child psychologist, and he always says, fake it till you make it. And um, it sounds cliche, but I think when we're talking about self-doubt and self-confidence, it is absolutely true. I don't, I don't, I mean, when I'm standing in front of, you know, 500 people at ATS reunion, I don't feel self-confident. I usually feel like I'm going to vomit, just like <laughs> when I walked into my first belly dance class. But I fake it. And, and then I feel better. <laughs> I think that one of the ways that is really good on faking it is to just pretend that you are somebody who you view as very confident, right? Like if you have a dancer that you just use when you see them on stage, you're like, oh man, they are just like so sure of themselves. And then you have to do something. You just be like, okay, what would that dancer do right now? Yeah. Even if, if that's not how that dancer actually is or would act, it's your perception of them even just that much, I think, sometimes can trigger that that twist in your brain to be like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. And then a lot of times, um, you know, we, we hadn't officially gone into strategies yet, but a lot of times when I'm feeling a lot of self-doubt, I will get out of my head and get into the room. I'm so happy to be on the stage sharing my gift with people, or I'm so happy to have pulled together people from all over the world to be able to celebrate together their love of this dance. And I really just get out because it's not about me. It's not about my self-doubt. It's not about any of my internal struggles. Ultimately, when I am producing a conference or performing or teaching a class, it's really about the people who are there to get that experience. And so part of it for me is really grounding in the present moment and shifting the focus away from the monkeys in my head and out to the people I'm there for. Because it's, it's almost always for someone else in the right. end. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great way to reframe it when the negative self-talk starts going in your head. You can take a step back and reframe it. So can you can you speak a little bit about this kind of pervasive negative self-talk that comes with self-doubt because it's, it's almost like an echo chamber in your brain when you're, when you're in one of these situations that everyone kind of experiences self-doubt in when you're getting on a stage or you're getting in front of a class, right. Or like for people who always had a fear of public speaking, right. When you had to give that book report in school, (laughs) right. These moments that almost everybody has this anxiety and self-doubt around it, it starts the hamster wheel. Yes. Going and that negative self-talk can be so damaging. So can you speak about that a little bit and and how to maybe a tip for people to kind of cut through the noise? Yeah. So the first thing that I suggest for people to do is to recognize that they're doing it. For some of us, it's so insidious that we don't even know that that negative self-talk has started. It's socialization. Yeah. It's socialization, maybe you know, we just, that's just the way we've coped. And in some ways it's an anxiety reducer. You know, you get the real going and then it's comforting because it's familiar. So the first thing is to recognize when it's happening. And that takes some practice to do. Um, And then the next thing is to replace it. And uh, I always tell people to visualize a stop sign and then visualize going down another road. So you're on the road to negative self-talk. When you recognize it, stop. And then what are your positive self-talk things? And those you usually have to create in advance. It's not like you can just come up with them. But, you know, what are your normal 
maybe you list what are your normal negative self-talk messages and then you counter you counteract them okay this uh, maybe i'm saying i'm not good enough why would anybody listen to me then your counteractive message is well actually i have 17 years of experience and i i, I do know what i'm talking about and um, I care about people and so I have their best interest at heart. So you get to replace the negative messages with whatever the positives are. So, I mean, just in a nutshell, and we'll talk some more about this in the class when we do the live version, it's recognizing when the negative self-talk starts, stopping it and replacing it with a different message. Stopping it is not good enough. You have to replace it and you have to replace it with a positive message. Well, I mean, have you ever tried to tell your brain to stop thinking about anything? Because that definitely backfires on you real hard. <laughs> For sure. So having that replacement kind of stops the backfiring of speeding up the hamster wheel instead of, you know, getting off of it entirely. Exactly. And I think um, we're going to talk some in the class about self-compassion, but Kristen yes. Neff has written an amazing uh, book. It's the Self-Compassion Workbook. And um, one of the things that she challenges women particularly to do is to talk to yourself the way you talk to your friends. Would you ever say those things to your friends that you say to yourself in your head? No, of course not. So why are you saying them to yourself? I would, I like to imagine now, like the next time someone's backstage about to go on and they're, they're on that wheel, they just look at their troop member and they just like pretend they're saying it to them and they're like, oh no. Yeah. No, that doesn't work. Like visualizing it on your friend who's standing right next to you also ready to perform. Like, I think that'll, that'll put the stop sign up real quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's about just having the same compassion for yourself that you have for everybody else. Yes. I'm, I'm super excited about this class because I know you're going to dive real deep on these topics. You were mentioning earlier, you have science involved. <laughs> like I'm, I'm so into science when it comes to like happiness and this kind of thing. Like I love, I love it when there's science involved. So well, I'm really I excited. Promise, I will not bore people with facts and figures, but there will be links if you want to read more about the science that I refer to. Yes. I, I need, I'm going to need those links, Terry. All right. <laughs> so these activities that you're talking about to kind of stop, to redirect the self-compassion, are these things that people can practice all day long in self-doubt everywhere and it will help them? Or is it, you know, in one niche is kind of where it stays? Yeah, no, it's really applicable to your whole life. And as a part of the class, it will be a live class, but you'll also have a downloadable workbook so that you can work through these exercises yourself. Of course, you don't officially need a workbook. You can just use a piece of paper, but a workbook's nice because then it has the concept and then you get to do your own work. Um, and so what I suggest to people is uh, start in one area of your life and you will be surprised at how it will turn around all the areas of your life. But it's just like anytime we talk a lot about habits and you talk a lot about habits and mm -hmm. habits related to practicing. Well, you're practicing just like you practice your shimmy. This is a muscle that you're trying to develop. Your self-compassion and your self-confidence is just like a muscle. And so if you tried to shimmy all day long when you're cooking, when you're brushing your teeth, when you're at the grocery store, it probably would not be a sustainable habit. But if you tried to do it for 10 minutes while you're brushing your teeth, yeah, that's a great way to start that habit. 
And so we don't want people to get overwhelmed because then you easily fail because you can't do it all the time because you've been doing the negative self-talk for however many years. And so, yes, you start in one area and dance is a great area because it's an area that you're choosing to participate in. Nobody has to dance. That's a really good point because if in other places where you have to be there and you have to be doing the things you are, it's, it's a little less freeing, I think, to do that, even though it is in the long run, but when you're first starting, because it's not necessarily your thing, depending on right your work or, you know, depending on whether or not you love your job, right? You may right. or may not have chosen to really be there. And so that's a great place to put this into practice, but it's maybe not the easiest place to start. Right. Yeah. 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 And so you get to decide where you want to start. Um, and I don't know that I would try it, say, when you're on stage trying to get ready to go on to a performance. You really want to practice new behaviors in a uh, relaxed environment. You don't want to practice when your adrenaline's rushing and you're not going to you're not going to get the same level of success when you transition to a new behavior unless you do it in an unfair threatening environment. So maybe you start in the classroom when you look in yourself in the mirror and you start by showing some self-love and self-confidence to that dancer who's in class. And maybe then you transition it to the teacher when you're in that role. And then maybe you transition it to the performer. And ultimately, then that practice will allow you to to go for your stretch goals and, and, and achieve things. Like if you had told me 20 years ago that I'd be running an international conference for dancers, I would have, I thought, I would thought you were crazy. Um, but it just starts one step at a time. This is, there's so many useful tips for people here. So on the flip side of, of this conversation, sometimes there, there are instances where self doubt is actually a useful tool. Like it can be a very useful tool, but you have to be really careful on crossing the line from useful tool to the harmful hamster wheel of never ending bad self-talk, right? So can you, can you think of an example where maybe self-doubt could be useful and a way to stop it from crossing that line? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would reframe your question and take the word self-doubt away because doubt is inherently, I don't think, productive. And I would switch it to self-reflection and self-awareness. Nice. All right. I like it. I like (laughs) it. What I would say is that um, as performers and as dancers and as teachers, it's important for us to have self-awareness. You know, that age-old joke of the beginning dancer, um, knows they don't know anything. The intermediate dancer thinks they know everything and the advanced dancer knows they don't know anything. (laughs) And so I think there's a level of self-awareness that that is important for us to bring to our art um, so that that way we can continue to improve and we can continue to evaluate what areas we need to be working on to improve. Um, And it's essential to be able to look at yourself, both in teaching and in performing, whatever it is that you're doing, and be able to assess, yep, that's what I want it to look like, that's what I don't want it to look like, or, you know, that's a technique that I need to continue to practice. Otherwise, you can't ever differentiate. But I would not equate that type of self-assessment or self-awareness with doubt, because 
again, with the doubt, you are questioning who you are as a, as, as opposed to questioning what you're doing, you know, like, um, self, self awareness and self compassion is really about, I'm a good, you know, I'm a good and solid and, and perfect person, just like I am. It doesn't mean my behavior is always going to be good. It doesn't mean, you know, that my performance is always going to be good, whatever, but I am inherently good. Um, And so I just don't know that there's a place for doubt in a healthy evaluation. Um, Now, I'd certainly be open to to conversing about that. Um, But for me, it's really about about self-awareness and being able to assess yourself. So I think what just happened, and I think this is fascinating, is we've been talking about this negative self-talk and how we don't even notice it's happening. I think the fact that I conflated self-doubt here with self-awareness, because what you're talking about is what I was thinking of when I was formulating these questions, but in my head, it was the same thing as self-awareness. And what just happened, right, is the stop sign and the redirect and (laughs) the, the statement of what it actually is. You know, and I, I like, I love that that just happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And, and it is sometimes, so it's also a good illustration that sometimes it's so embedded in who we are. We don't realize it's negative self-talk. We don't realize that we frame the question in a way to support that Mm self-doubt. And that's why it's good to have a buddy or, you know, a badass friend who can help you, you know, and say, "Uh uh-uh, nope, nope, nope. We're not even going to answer that question. We're going to answer a different question. (laughs) I love it. So to kind of close us out here, since we're talking about self-doubt and we're talking about honestly how all of us experience this, I was wondering if you would like to share a recent time where you you were feeling that self-doubt and it maybe didn't stop you from doing a thing, but it got close. Yeah. Um, when I produced my DVD, uh, ATS, um, with props and I invited two of my friends to join me. Um, it was, I mean, I was, I was, I don't see, I was getting ready to say I was nobody. That's a right? <laughs> insidious. Yeah. yeah. It happens. Um, I was not an established uh, teacher. I was not an established leader in our community. I was just a woman who had an idea. And I thought it would enhance the vocabulary of American tribal style. And I also saw that nobody had done it before. And, and there were many times that I was like, what on earth? Cause I, the dancers I asked to participate with me were way better known and way more established than me. And I mean, almost daily, I was like, yeah, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Who am I to do this? Um, and it was a constant battle. And, you know, interestingly, I still will not watch the DVD. I've never watched it. <laughs> That's amazing. Really? Never watched it. I'm sorry, Terry. I think I'm going to have to give you some homework. We we need an intervention, don't we? <laughs> I think I think we need an intervention here. I think you need to watch that DVD and and stop the negative self talk. Even now, after it's done, it is successful and great and has enriched the vocabulary of the ATS community like you wanted it to. Right? Isn't that fascinating? 
we all have so much to learn and so much to grow and we just have to support each other in doing that. Yeah. I think like for me personally, I have a lot of anxiety around different parts of my dance. Uh, I think I'm terrible at choosing music, even if that's not the case in reality, because everybody has perfectly fine time at my gigs and at my restaurant work. But like what you're talking about, like who am I to be doing this and who am I to try and bring these people together? When I started this bundle, you better believe that's how I was feeling, emailing everyone like, hi, I want to do this thing. (laughs) (laughs) We met once seven years ago at a conference. (laughs) 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 Like, like what the hell am I doing? But I did it anyway. Right. And now we have this wonderful bundle Yes, every year for the past three years. Now we have this wonderful ATS DVD. It's like, you really do have to find your own way through those yeah. moments because otherwise we would like, I've, I've heard it phrased as you're doing a disservice to the people who enjoy what you do. Like you're stealing it from them if you don't do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I always think of the mission or the greater good or what I'm trying to achieve or the difference I'm trying to make. And that is my secret to overcoming the self-doubt is I'm always motivated by what I'm trying to achieve. That's awesome. So Terry, your course is going to be in the 2019 Belly Dance Bundle. It will be live. So if you are interested out there in the world in becoming a badass belly dancer and overcoming your self-doubt and finding self-confidence, you should definitely check out uh, this year's Belly Dance Bundle. Or you can follow Terry through a variety of sources, which she will now name. <laughs> yes. Um, probably the easiest place to find me is the Belly Dance Business Academy. Um, you can Google it and it will come right up. I also produce the conference ATS Reunion. And my personal belly dance business is Third Eye Tribal. Terry, thank you so much for joining us. And everyone, make sure to head over to Terry's various business enterprises and check out all of the things she has to offer because she's amazing and she's a badass. So thank you. Support that. (laughs) You're a badass too. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we end this podcast. Everybody's a badass. You, listener, you too are a badass belly dancer. (laughs) So my favorite part of this interview was when we both caught ourselves doing the negative self-talk. I mean, what better example than that of how pervasive it is and how you have to be on the lookout for it sneaking in when you least expect it. And you know, you won't be successful at catching it all of the time. Obviously I'm not and neither is Terry. The idea is to just become more aware of it at first, because once you know that it's happening, that's when you can start to reframe and replace the thoughts. I honestly believe that half of our job on this earth is to simply understand ourselves, and for me, observing what I'm thinking is part of that. It's an invaluable tool in figuring out why I do the things that I do, why I don't practice when I know it's important to me, why I talk myself into or out of things. Being aware of it and taking a step back, it's what allows me to reassess my practice schedule or what I have slotted for the day and figure out what I need to tweak for the next experiment. Can we make dance scientists a thing? It's what makes me feel like a dance scientist. And what better place to start observing your thoughts than in the pursuit of self-confidence, in eradicating self-doubt? 
I can't think of a better one. So today, give it a shot. And if you can, come back to Instagram and tell us a thought that you vanquished today that is totally untrue. Give us the self-doubt and then the phrase that you use to replace it. I can't wait to hear what your badass self has to say. Okay, so I lied a little bit, but it's okay. So since these episodes were recorded before today, I did in fact say October 16th again, and there again, but I promise that it's only once per episode from here on out. The new date that you're going to get really tired of hearing, October 23rd. That's the last day that you can buy the bundle before it's gone forever. So those of you listening far in the future, check out the show notes page for links to everyone's courses. The ones that you found super intriguing, you can buy directly from our contributors. And if you're listening before October 23rd, 2019, well, it's time to head over to thebellydancebundle.com and get your copy today. Think Terry is a badass and want to learn more about her? Check out the show notes page at thebellydancebundle.com 21. Terry is one of the owners of the Belly Dance Business Academy and helps a ton of dancers, both student and professional alike, with her work there, so be sure to check it out. She's an amazing woman, and I'm so glad that I've gotten to know her over the course of the past three years. She's been with the bundle since we got started. If you've been enjoying these podcasts, please be sure to subscribe on your podcast app of choice. We will be continuing past the 2019 bundle, so if you have anyone that you'd like to see on the show, please email us at hello at thebellydancebundle.com, and I'll do my very, very best to get them on. So today, it's time to take Terry's advice and change up your thoughts a time or two. Even once is a huge win. And even if you don't change a single thought, but you notice yourself being negative a time or two, also a huge win. Because remember, not only are you enough, you're also a badass. <laughs>